in defense of the Americanized Tanto. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of TheMartialist.net and PhilElmore.com. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. This episode, I thought we would talk about one of my favorite knife, knife designs, knife patterns, and that is the Americanized Tanto. The Americanized Tanto is Americanized because instead of having a curved tip like a true Japanese blade, it has two angles that meet at a secondary point. That's important because it represents a departure from basically a real design into a realm of not fantasy, but something that was meant to evoke that Japanese design that wasn't it. What does all that mean? Well, let me explain. A true Japanese blade, uh, a tanto, tanto is Japanese for knife as far as I know. Um, I'm probably mispronouncing it. I mispronounce Japanese words on purpose all the time, so let's go with that. But the the tanto uh, in its normal in the wild form, like a, like a Japanese knife or a Japanese short sword, a wakazashi, or a katana, the Japanese sword, the curve is, the curve, the tip is curved because it is a draw cutting blade. If you take a Japanese sword, what you're supposed to do is squeeze the handle in a way that is sort of like wringing out a towel. And then as you cut, you're drawing the curved blade through the target, through the work, in a way that takes full advantage of the, the way that that blade is shaped. The curved tip is meant to facilitate this. It is a draw-cutting blade. An Americanized Tanto, instead of having that gentle curve, instead has those two angles that meet at the secondary point. And while cold steel did not uh, invent the Americanized Tanto blade shape, it was responsible for putting it on the map, for making it popular. Cold steel introduced their Tanto knife to the market back in, I want to say, the 80s. It was before I became aware of knives. Um, you know, when I, when I got into college, it was the early 90s, and the cold steel tanto not only was that a, a very much a big thing there were lots and lots of inexpensive copies of that blade pattern on the market for whatever reason the americanized tanto became synonymous with martial arts and we'll back up a little bit and talk about that but basically what you need to know is that until cold steel put that tanto out into the world people were not as aware of this blade shape as they would then become and the, the ads for the cold steel tanto had, you know, Lynn Thompson or whomever pounding the tip of that knife through the hood of a car, things like that. If you've been attacked by a car and you need to stab it to death, that's probably the knife you should use if all you have is a knife. But more importantly, it is the association with martial arts that I think has led to the enduring popularity of the Americanized tanto today. But there are people who rightly will identify that the Americanized Tanto is more a product of convenience and lowered manufacturing costs than it is anything else. And so they dislike the pattern on that basis. Um, they, you know, they don't like the way that it cuts. They don't like the way that it penetrates. 
I am going to mount uh, a multi-point defense of the Americanized Tanto in this episode of the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. And partly that's because I just like them. I have liked them for a very long time. Uh, back in the 1980s, the ninja boom happened. And suddenly, ninja martial arts stuff was very popular. There were multiple movies uh, you know, that came out in the, the ninja series. There was a television series starring Lee Van Cleef, the whitest white man who has ever been white, who, when he put on his ninja mask, suddenly became an Asian person who was much shorter. Because, of course, the stunts for the show The Master were all done by an Asian stuntman. Um, Lee Van Cleef was quite old when that show was being made. He was not anywhere near the physical prime that would have been needed to do those stunts. So it was it was Lee Van Cleef and a sidekick who was sort of like the guy you get when you can't get young Sylvester Stallone. And he rode around in a van. It was very BJ and the Bear, except that instead of a chimpanzee, uh, you have Lee Van Cleef as a ninja, as your sidekick, or vice versa. Um, and <laughs> I, I almost think that the show was sort of inspired by the real-life story of Stephen K. Hayes, who was becoming known at that same time, during that same era, as having gone to Japan, trained in the Bujinkan. Uh, did I pronounce that correctly, by mistake? Um, <laughs> and become one of the world's first Western ninja personalities. Uh, Mr. Hayes has since gone on to do his own thing. I've talked to him before. He's a very nice man. Um, the thing about the ninja boom, though, from the 80s is it inspired so much imitation. And uh, companies like Asian World of Martial Arts and other catalog companies, I think, helped promote the image of the Tanto knife as synonymous with it was kind of the the unofficial official sidearm of martial arts especially japanese martial arts um there's no particular reason that this americanized tanto should be associated with japanese martial arts i mean it bears a striking similarity to what you know as a ninja sword but there's a lot of argument that the ninja sword that we know of was a manufacturer was manufactured in the 1980s is a product of the 1980s ninja boom and was not represented in history um you know and, and there's a lot of lore associated with well when you see when a sword would break they would just sharpen that broken tip and then you'd have a ninja sword. i don't know if any of that's true or any of it ever was true but the point is for good or for ill this blade shape this two angles meeting at a at a sharp point with that secondary point this knife this and if you're watching this i'm holding it there <laughs> listen to me if you're not watching this if you're listening to it i'm holding up a tanto knife particularly nice one that i actually got from uh, a guy on ebay who sells them um, if you're only listening to this just picture in your mind the americanized tanto those two hard angles forming a secondary point um that knife is martial arts to so many people and if you're my age and you sort of went through the prime of your martial arts or cool years during the 1980s that association is unavoidable but regardless of how it came about regardless of the fact that it's kind of a product of the 1980s and was sort of manufactured to suit regardless of the fact that you know whether a ninja sword as represented with that same tip with the straight blade whether that's real or not doesn't matter what you have to ask yourself is, now that there's a million of these knives on the market, are they good? And if so, what's good about them? That's the question I want to ask and answer. 
uh, in this podcast. Uh, I had, when I became aware of the Cold Steel Tanto, I was a college student. I couldn't afford, I think they were 100 or 200 bucks back then. I don't remember, but they were expensive. However, there were plenty of cheap copies on the market. I remember buying Tantos out of the, uh, the Smoky Mountain Knife Works catalog. And right now, uh, in my collection of knives, there is uh, like a Chinese manufacturer that goes by, I think it's GW or GS. There's, some, there's a G, it's two initials and there's a G in there somewhere. Um, you know what? Let's look that up. I'm going to go into my Amazon history because I know I ordered this off Amazon. And uh, let's see, Tanto knife. And we're waiting and I'm vamping while it's searching. Uh, let's see. GW, Grand Way, which is doesn't mean anything. Uh, Grand Way sells these Tantos that are made in China, and they look very much like the Cold Steel Tanto back in the day, but more accurately, the copies of the Cold Steel Tanto from back in the day. Uh, it comes with a nylon sheath, which is, you know, I, I guess that's fitting. Um, I don't worry about sheaths anymore because I make Kydex sheaths, so if, I'd ever, if I ever don't like the sheath that comes with a knife, I just make myself a new one, which is nice. Um, but anyway, that knife really reminds me of that era of knives, even though this is, you know, 40 years later, 30 years later, depending on where you want to start the math from. And <laughs> something about it just makes me happy owning it. You know, this is cheap $20, $30 Tanto um, that is sort of reminiscent of that, that era from the 1980s. I had a ninja sword made by a company called Marto, which had a hollow handle with other stuff in the handle. Like you, there was, I think, like throwing knives and stuff in there. And of course, it was very fragile. That, that hollow plastic handle, the, the tang of the blade only went in so far, and then there was empty plastic. So you could hear it creaking when it was closed, when the, the special end cap was closed. Like it was not safe. But what did I know? I was young and stupid, and I bought this ninja sword with its cool throwing knives and all this other crap in the handle. And um, theoretically, you could use the scabbard, like there was a thing at the end of the scabbard that came out and there was more throwing knives in there and the whole scabbard was hollow end to end with that thing removed so you could use it as a snorkel. Honestly, I don't know what body of water I was supposed to be hiding in, but if you try to breathe through something like that while underwater, I'm pretty sure you get what you deserve. Like when you drown that way, should you be surprised when you wake up in hell? I, I don't think you should be. So let me get back to my point-by-point -point defense of the Americanized Tanto. Um, regardless of how you became aware of it, regardless of whether you're my agent and has all this lore attached to it, uh, the one thing that the Americanized Tanto can really say for itself is it's a very strong blade shape. Uh, that wedge-shaped blade, it doesn't penetrate as well as a thinner blade profile. That's, that's true. But because it is shaped like a wedge, it's very strong. Now, again, I'm not in a position to need to stab any cars to death, but having a very strong knife like that is useful for both self-defense and utility. So I think dismissing the Americanized Tanto is a mistake, if only because it is one of the strongest tip configurations you're going to find on a, on a factory-produced knife. Uh, 
So I think that makes it uh, really useful. Um, I am skeptical of the utility of most destructive demos. I used to work with a marketing outfit that produced an overpriced machete that in the demo they chopped up a, a car hood or maybe it was a car door, I forget which. The point was, look, I can, I can smash these things with this machete and it's not damaging the edge. That's fine, and yeah, there's a reason you might want something that strong. I was using the very same machete to clear brush on the edge of my property, and there was a piece of metal in there. I don't know where that originated, but it was almost like a piece of um, curbing or something that was made of metal that was in some, some weeds at the edge of the property. And so I'm using the machete, and I hear, plang, which was really upsetting to me because I'm like, did I just mess up this blade, something fierce? Well, no, the blade was not damaged, so that was good. Uh, it meant that the advertising was accurate and that this blade was as strong as advertised, was made of good steel, was heat treated properly. But uh, the average knife does not need to be able to stab a car to be useful as a knife. And destructive testing bugs me. Um, you know, you'll see these idiots who will like hammer a knife through a cinder block and then be like, oh gosh, this must not be a good knife because it either broke or got dull while I was hammering a cinder block. Why would you ever do that? There is a place for abusive use of a knife, especially in a survival situation. And yeah, a knife that can survive gross abuse is probably preferable to a knife that can't survive gross abuse. But let's say you had a car that was amphibious and that could take you across a lake if you needed to. Owning that car is probably preferable to owning a car that can't trans transport you across the lake. But when your regular car sinks when you try to drive it through the lake, I don't think you get to say that it's a bad car. It's not reasonable to expect your car to be a boat, and it is not reasonable to expect a knife to be able to hammer through a cinder block without damage. If it can, great. But that doesn't mean a knife that can't do it is necessarily a bad knife. Um, knives are meant for certain tools, certain tasks, and those tasks are usually not so demanding that breaking a piece of steel is a danger. Another reason to defend the Americanized Tanto is the very thing that makes it the Americanized Tanto, that secondary edge. This secondary point on the Americanized Tanto is very useful for utility chores. It makes this secondary edge, this top edge, a great scraping tool. Um, the secondary point can be used for scoring. Um, I've used it for utility, this pattern, use it for general utility, and I find myself relying on that secondary point. So I know you may be saying, well, I don't, I don't carry knives for utility purposes. I carry mine for self-defense, and that's great. And actually, if you're carrying a knife for self-defense, you should be carrying a different knife for utility so that your knife is sharp when you need it to be. But if you're just carrying a knife and you want to use it for everything, the, the Tanto knife, we'll come around back to that. But I think for utility purposes, that secondary point can be very useful. And you can use it for those times when you don't want to endanger the sharpness of the primary tip. Because, yes, it's harder to penetrate deeply with a Tanto point than with, say, a dagger. But it's not impossible. I did a test on stacked cardboard medium uh, media. A bunch of stacked cardboard. I did a test, and I think that video is still on my YouTube channel somewhere. Um, I think. I'd have to look. I don't remember. Because I have a steel colander for a brain anymore. I'm old, and I forget things. 
I forget people too. And when people contact me and they say, you probably remember that we argued about such and such. And I'm like, no, I don't. And I'm not like, I'm so above it all. I don't remember you. No, I don't remember anyone. I have to use my friend as a concierge sometimes. Be like, hey, do we know so-and-so? Have I ever argued with him? And he'll remember, but I don't remember. My brother remembers stuff from our childhood that I don't remember, that I should remember, uh, but I don't. <laughs> what was I talking about? I forget. Um, I did a test on stacked cardboard, and specifically, I stabbed the cardboard with different blade styles of knives, and then I tried drawing it through to see how it cut. Unsurprisingly, a recurved talon-shaped blade cut very well, but because the tip is not oriented for stabbing and thrusting, it didn't stab all that well because you're just kind of forcing the knife down through the medium against its geometry. The dagger penetrated most deeply, but because of its straight edges was not the best cutter in the bunch. The tanto was a good compromise. It didn't penetrate quite as deeply, but it actually cut pretty well when dragging it through the medium. Um, I don't think the secondary point really came into play there, but it might have a little bit. So do not dismiss the, the value of the secondary point when it comes to the Americanized Tanto. Now, let's talk about the most obvious user benefit of the Americanized Tanto, and that is it is much easier to resharpen a straight, perfectly straight edge than it is to resharpen a curved edge. So uh, the Americanized Tanto is really easy to resharpen. You sharpen the primary edge, and then you sharpen the uh, secondary edge, you know, the one at the tip. Yes, that means you have to sharpen two edges, but I don't know if you've ever tried to sharpen uh, a very severely recurved blade, um, you know, like a, like a cold steel talon or something like that. Is it the talon or the black talon? Either way. Um, <laughs> and, and like, uh, like the, the Spyderco civilian or the matriarch, um, the serrations present their own challenges, which you have to do individually with something small enough to get into those little divots. But it is a fact. It is just a fact. It is much easier to sharpen an edge that doesn't move around like that. If it's a straight line, then you just put it on your medium and you sharpen it with a consistent angle. You turn it over, you sharpen that with a consistent angle, and you're done. You know, you get the burrs off, and what you've got is a nicely sharp uh, blade. So from a user maintenance standpoint... The Americanized Tanto is really easy to keep nicely sharp. Um, this particular example that I'm holding uh, in my hand that you can't see if you're only listening to this podcast, it's ground in a way that almost makes the top part of the blade, the spine of the blade, look like it might also be an edge. It's not. It's it's not sharp. But it, I suppose it could be if I had some desire to make this double edge, which would be weird. But, uh, you know, this is nicely sharp. It came nicely sharp. It's easy to maintain. And if I dull it, I know I can resharpen this very easily. Uh, and then when the two edges come together and make that secondary point, you, you're kind of honing that nicely sharp as a secondary tip just through the action of doing the edges with no extra effort on your part. It just happens as part of the process. So I think, I think that's great. I, I, I don't think... You should not dismiss the maintenance factor 
when it comes to a using knife. If you're just going to put a knife in a safe or put it on a display stand and stare at it on occasion, then it doesn't matter how easy it is to resharpen or how it holds an edge. But if you're using this knife and you're putting an edge on it frequently, um, I never worry too much about steel um, because, of course, the better a knife retains its edge, the harder it is to resharpen. There's diminishing returns there. If you've ever bought any of those really cheap, like, cost a dollar or two frost cutlery style bargain bin knives they're so soft it's almost like they weren't heat treated you can put a pretty good edge on them not a great one but a pretty good one and then they'll lose it almost immediately when you use it to cut anything so there are diminishing returns when it comes to ease of resharpening but any decent knife in a medium strength steel that has been properly heat treated um, i think the maintenance part is important from a manufacturing standpoint, this is another reason to recommend the Americanized Tanto, but it, it's also the reason that some people tend not to like it. And that is, it is a fact, the Americanized Tanto blade shape is easier to manufacture than a true curved draw cutting Japanese style tip. That's why the Americanized Tanto exists. Somebody, maybe somebody at Cold Steel or maybe whoever originated the pattern to start with, understood that when Cutting those blades, it's much easier both to sharpen the two straight edges. It's much easier to do that and to turn out blades of that shape than to do a curved blade. That's not to say that curved blades are impossible. People have been making them for many, many years. But it's a fact. It's easier to make an Americanized Tanto than another blade shape with a curve to it. And knife companies introduced the chisel grind most often associated with tantos like this for the same reason what is a chisel grind well instead of being sharpened on both sides so that the edge meets at a at a point like a like a, an equilateral triangle it is flat on one side and sharpened on the other what does this allow you to do it allows you to sharpen just one side of the knife and then strop off any burr on the other side so now you've cut your sharpening time in half a chisel grind Americanized Tanto knife still cuts pretty well. Now, yes, if you compare how it travels through media, it cuts at a curve. So that makes it less desirable than a knife that is sharpened on both sides, which is naturally biased to cut in a straight line. But in terms of what you're using the Americanized Tanto to do, general utility, maybe self-defense, a chisel ground edge is sharp enough to get that knife through whatever you need it to get through, whether that's a utility working material or a person who's trying to mug you. Chisel grind is good enough for that. So it's cheap to manufacture. And you might say, well, I don't, I don't want something that's cheap to manufacture. Yes, you do. You do. Because if it's cheap to manufacture, it's cheap to sell. The cheaper it is to manufacture, the less money it costs you to buy it and put it in your on your belt or in your pocket. So yes, whether you know it or not, you like cheap manufacture because it means lower prices for you and allows you to buy more stuff. Uh, and then finally, sort of dovetailing with everything I've said up to this point, your full-sized Americanized Tanto fixed blade. I'm not going to talk about folders specifically. That's, a, that's really more of a preference. But a full-sized fixed blade Americanized Tanto is really one of the best all-around general-purpose knives you could ask for. This is that classic, if you could have just the one knife, what would it be? Well, honestly, you could do a lot worse if you were committing to one knife forever than to have an Americanized Tanto fixed blade with a blade of uh, anywhere from four to five inches. You know, this 
This blade is, uh, let's see, where's my ruler? This blade is, it's about four and a half inches, a little bit more to the tip. The secondary edge is four inches and then the tip goes up another just over a half an inch. So this is a substantial fixed blade, uh, but it's not all that big. You know, the, I've got knives with way longer blades than this, but it's such a great all-around utility and self-defense knife. This knife will do almost any utility chore that I ask of it. And when it comes to self-defense, if what you have is a knife, you'd be well-armed with one of these. Um, even a shorter one is still a de I have smaller Tantos, um, you know, maybe three and a half instead of four and a half. Um, with more rounded handles. They're, they're modern manufacture. They don't have this traditional wood construction. Um, if you can't see what I'm holding up, the, the Tanto that I'm holding up was made from, it looks like a railroad spike. It still retains some of the rough edges of the railroad spike where it wasn't hammered into a, an actual edge. And then the, the wood handle is all nice and uh, uh, form-fitting to the tang. You know, it's all flush fit. Uh, it's really beautifully made. Um, and the, the wood is nicely polished. It appears to be two different kinds of wood, or maybe it's just two different sections with a spacer in them, but the grains look different. So I think it's two different kinds of wood as well. So anyway, <laughs> don't let me get distracted by ooing and aahing over this knife that I quite like that I bought from eBay relatively cheaply. Um, if that's what you had, you'd be well equipped. I think it's a good overall knife. I think there's a lot that the Americanized Tanto has to recommend it. And I think uh, if that's what you had, you'd be well suited. I know a lot of people don't seem to understand. When I do a video, I did a video about Swiss Army knives recently for self-defense. I did a couple of them. And one guy was like, why wouldn't you just buy a locking this or a something else? And I'm like, that, that's not the point. The point is, if this is what you have, how would you use it? Well, knives are largely a matter of preference. I apologize if you can hear the background noise of a jet flying over my house. Apparently about 50 feet above my house. It was actually worse the other day. The, um, there is some rule that allows the military to use the airport for maneuvers when it chooses to. And it has something to do with, I think, them receiving funds from the government. So there were actual fighter jets, which are very, very loud, <laughs> flying in a pattern around this whole area the other day. And a jet flew over the house close enough that things started to rattle. So I don't mind it because I actually love fighter planes. I'm that guy who always looks up at every helicopter and plane that goes by. I have a little model of the F-22 sitting on my bookshelf out in the living room. Um, I know it's not the F-22 anymore. It's the, the F-35 is now the current umpty-umpth generation war plane that we put out. And I almost think I'm half remembering the origin story. Our current really advanced fighter jet was an attempt to compete with another nation's really advanced fighter jet, which turned out to be not as advanced as we thought it was when we were scrambling to catch up, which I guess is a good problem to have. But I have a special place in my heart for the F-22. Uh, and uh, those, are, those are awesome, awesome fighter planes. They really are. Um, so I don't know if that's what was flying over the house because I didn't actually see them. I only heard them. But I'd like to hope it was. Anyway, boy, do I digress. Um, the Tanto is a great all-around self-defense and utility tool, uh, even in its Americanized Tanto form, even if you consider that form kind of a bastardized version of the original idea. Um, I know that I like the traditional rounded tip 
better than the Americanized Tanto, but I still love the Americanized Tanto, which is why I have so many of them. So consider these points when you're evaluating whether or not that's the knife you want to buy. I have a friend who's always going back and forth on whether or not he wants that type of knife. And so here's more food for thought, you know, and, and consider that when you're really mulling over what's my next knife purchase going to be because not only the beauty of knives is not only is it mostly a matter of personal preference but just about everybody owns more than one so um i don't know if you heard that that was my alarm going off because i'm stupid and my phone has an alarm set that interrupted my podcast <laughs> all right that's going to do it for the martial arts podcast with phil elmore i have been the aforementioned phil elmore until next time pretend i said something cool here this has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.